The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's a local attorney and certified information privacy professional. She's the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, From Victim to Victor, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. She's testified many times in Congress and the California Legislature on privacy and identity theft issues. And you may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, ABC, O'Reilly Factor, and many other shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash privacy piracy. Hey, Mari, what's our show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about financial piracy and financial privacy. They go together, privacy, piracy. And I've been reading this fascinating book, The Madoffs Among Us, Combat the Scammers, Con Artists, and Thieves Who Are Plotting to Steal Your Money. And this is by William Francavilla. He is a certified financial planner, and this is a fascinating book. Let me tell you a little bit about him, who's coming to us from beautiful Virginia, where I used to live. Bill is a former senior vice president and was the corporate director of wealth management for Leg Mason, Mason in Baltimore, Maryland. He has over 30 years experience in the financial industry, serving as a branch manager, regional sales director, and senior financial advisor trainer. Bill is the author of this newly published book, again, The Madoffs Among Us, Combat the Scammers, Con Artists, and Thieves Who Are Plotting to Steal Your Money. As I said, he's a certified financial planner, and he has spoken to Fortune 500 companies, including John Hancock, Smith Barney, Edward Jones, and he has provided training to several thousands of both novice and experienced financial advisors. And he's a resident of New County, Virginia, and he's joining us all the way from across country. You can find out more at our website at privacypiracy.org and also at billfrancavilla.com. Bill, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Well, Mari, thank you so much for the invitation. And might I congratulate you on the fine job you're doing for your listeners? We're in the business of helping people, warning them, making certain that they're making the most appropriate choices. So I've been reading all about you. I've followed you. And uh, I'm just delighted to be one of your guests. Well, thank you. And thank you for helping us out because we do want to really educate the public as to how to protect themselves from privacy issues and scams. And when I saw your book, and and I've been reading it, and I think it's fabulous, um, I thought, oh, my goodness, he has to come on to talk about and educate us. So tell us, first of all, how is it that you decided to write this book? Well, I was naive when I first got in the business. I, I guess I really didn't understand that there were people who really and truly wanted to abscond funds illegally from clients, from their so-called prospects, from the general marketplace. I went to work for a company, Leg Mason. Uh, I 
I, I was uh, absolutely fully persuaded that we were the best of the best, hired only very honest people, and I loved it. I thought it was just terrific. I was learning so much, and, and I, I was positioning, positioning myself to help people. Mari, in our training class, I sat next to a woman who was an attorney who decided to become a financial advisor, and several years later, she was indicted. She mm. was charged with uh, stealing funds from her most um, her wealthiest clients, and I'm scratching my head because I knew this woman, and mm. I had no reason whatsoever to doubt her her actions. And she wound up spending 14 years in jail. She, I think she's still in jail uh, to this day. But I'm scratching my head and I'm saying, you know, I've seen this in the industry. I've been present where people have made bad choices for their clients. It is the exception. But when it does happen, it can be financially debilitating to the person who is losing their money. So I, 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 I embarked upon a crusade to do as much research as I could relative to the Madoffs among us. Bernie Madoff, of course, was famous 10 years ago. And he was found out after stealing $65 billion from very, very smart people. And that's, that's the shocking thing, because he got away with it for so long. How is it that he could get away with it for so long and steal so much money from so many bright people? Did you put your finger on something important? These were very bright people. So many of them were money managers, hedge fund managers, people who should have been in the know. They didn't do their homework. They simply believed the hype. And the hype was very simple. Bernie Madoff will take you as a client if he so decides. <laughs> it was a privilege to be doing business with Bernie Madoff. And if you had an account with Bernie Madoff, you were... Um, you had a little panache in the community. You were doing okay. <laughs> and he had perpetrated this scheme for many, many years. It wasn't something that came along uh, in, the, in the first part of the 21st century. No, he had been doing it for a number of years. He was fabricating statements. And it was the classic Ponzi scheme. The early uh, clients, they did just fine when they needed money from their portfolios. He could grab funds that were... Uh, under management, or he would get funds from new investors coming in. Uh, nobody really wanted to sell. Until about 2007, and when the market was tanking, people mm -hmm. were concerned, people wanted their money out, and the whole thing came crumbling down because he just didn't have enough new money to make uh, uh, sufficient to pay off the early investors. So that's when he admitted to his two sons and his wife, Ruth, that um, it's all been a scam. And, and Mari, I believe that Ruth and the two sons really didn't know. I, yeah. I really believe that they were scammed as well, as, as much research as I've done. Wow. But these folks were uh, out of an awful lot of money. Yeah. You know, it's funny. You and I had talked a little bit before we started that I had clients that also got really hit by a Ponzi scheme. And they also were, you know, they were making a ton of money at first and, and was able to get some of that money. And when I said, gee, you know, maybe I should get involved in this. And they said, oh, no, you have to mm -hmm. be like a celebrity or something like that. So it was, again, that that privilege to to be with this scheme that everybody's going to get ripped off 
Oh my God. It's unbelievable. Oh yeah. Well, good for you. I'm glad you didn't get scammed. Yeah. But I have to tell you, I almost wanted to. So, you know, what can I say? So, how does well, some. No, I, yeah, I understand go ahead. That. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I, I understand what you're saying yeah. because we, we are all emotion driven, and emotions come in a number of uh, shapes and sizes. One of those emotions could be greed, and you're looking at your portfolio, and it's only up. 8% during right. the course of a year, and you're looking at a client's portfolio. 20%. 20% and <laughs> right. you're saying, hey, maybe I'm working with the wrong person. I would like some of this. Right. Well, that uh, that's a, an, an incredible temptation. I get it. I understand. And then, you know, then I reminded myself, if you know, if it's too good, if it looks like it's too good to be true, it is too good to be true, right? <laughs> it, it's sure. not true. So, you know, th sure. then it, it uh, you know, it, it comes out that way. So, Mari, there was a guy named yeah. uh, Harry Markopoulos. Yeah. And he was a chartered financial analyst. And he was hired by a company out of Boston called Rampart Investments. And it, Rampart had placed a lot of money with Bernie Madoff. And the returns were coming in um, inconsistent with general market conditions. So they sent Markopoulos down to do his due diligence. And he came back to them and he said, it's a fraud. He uh -huh. said, there is no way mathematically this can occur. Huh. And Madoff was saying, well, it's all proprietary information. I can't tell anyone. Markopoulos went so far as to uh, um, alert the uh, uh, Securities and Exchange Commission, who did nothing. Wow. And this was several years before it all imploded. Rampart wisely took their money away from Madoff, so yeah. they were able to preserve their capital. But exactly what you said, if it sounds too good to be true, it is. Right, right. So how does one really spot a fraud? Oh, boy, this is, I, I, this is a tough question. I wish it was a red flag. Or if it was a sign, a neon sign that followed these bad guys around, there isn't. There's, there's three things that I encourage my readers uh, and our listeners today to very strongly consider. Number one, smart people, including me, including my new friend, Mari, right. including a lot of your listeners, don't fool yourself. You can be scammed. Look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm one conversation away from being scammed. Uh, there's a gentleman, uh, his name is Simon Lovell. He was, uh, oh, he was probably the scam artist, uh, the con man of the 20th century. He would con people out of well, it, hundreds and hundreds of ideas he had. He went to jail. Um, he paid his uh, uh, debt to society. He came out. He started reading, uh, started writing and speaking about scam artists. Hmm. He's quoted as saying, "I love it when people tell me they can't be conned because, in my mind, they're halfway to being conned." That's that's from the, yeah. the lips of the con man. So number one, we can be, we can all be scammed. Number two, as we referenced a few minutes ago, avoid making any type of decision with emotion. Right. If it's out of fear, if it's out of greed, um, don't do it. If it sounds to be too good to be true, back off, back off. 
don't sign the paperwork. You know, when yeah. someone shows up at your house or maybe it's an insurance product or something you truly don't understand, maybe it's a, um, a reverse mortgage that some people need, but most people don't, and you consider it, back off 24, 48 hours. Yeah. And thirdly, do your homework. Talk to other people. The, the internet, um, it, it's a marvelous resource of information. Right. You could Google yeah, reverse mortgage. Uh, is it worth it? Or you could Google IRS uh, uh, impersonator scam calls. What's going on here? Right. And it, 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 you're going to get more information than you really need. But uh, know that you can be had. Uh, avoid making decisions with emotion. And do your homework. Get educated on that very topic. I just was exposed to that again recently. My husband and I were in Nuevo Vallarta, and we went to this timeshare. And and I didn't really want to go, and I knew. I, I, we already own a timeshare, but I was smart. I bought it on foreclosure, so I got a great deal. Sure. And I've had it for years, and we trade it all over the world, and it's wonderful. But I don't need another one. And I didn't want to go, but they promised they would upgrade us to this incredible ocean view and give us two-for-one massages and, you know, the whole thing. And I said, okay, because we were with another couple. I said, okay, I'll go because, you know, I want them to have these this opportunity. So we go, and I said to my husband ahead of time, I said, whatever you do, just keep saying no with me. So <laughs> he was really good for the first four hours, you know, beating us up bad. But anyhow, um, finally – they get to this thing. They said, okay, we have a few foreclosures. So I hadn't warned him about that. <laughs> and he starts, there's two guys and me and my husband. And all of a sudden, my husband's saying, this is a great deal. <laughs> and I'm, it's like me against the world. And I was sweating. And I was, I know about these things. And I started asking a ton of questions and they didn't want to answer. You know, they were kind of evasive. And finally, I said, you have to tell me A, B, C, and D. And when they did, then it showed through that it wasn't such a good deal. But that's another thing is just ask a million questions and don't say yes. And really, it was it was tough because they're so charismatic, right? And they make it sound oh, so wonderful somebody wants you to invest in something they make it sound like it's going to give you this incredible return i just went through this it's pressure it's really pressure because they they really play on your emotions and we knew what a beautiful place this was it was gorgeous and it is a great mm. place and i have traded it there before and i know it's wonderful but the deal that they were offering me was not <laughs> was not what i uh, would ever accept it's easy to be swayed, putting this wonderful thing in front of you, and you're thinking, oh, God, I'm going to be set the rest of my life if I invest in this, right? Right. And I bet they were demanding that you sign right then and there. Oh, they yeah. They you to leave the room, did they? Right. Yeah. I, being a lawyer, I say, well, I want to see the contract, and then I know that they don't want to show me the contract. But um, yeah, so that's another thing. You know, you have to say, put everything in writing. Put in writing. But if they're mm -hmm. a scammer and they put that in writing, they'll just hide. They'll go right. off to exactly South right. America and you'll never see them again. Oh, Crazy. boy. You know, I, 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 I hate the idea that we, as American consumers, we are faced with this 
almost on a daily basis. This, there was an interesting statistic that just was uh, made public by a company out of Arkansas, First Orion, and they are cons a consultancy firm to uh, the telecommunication business. Yeah. They determined that in 2017, about 3.7% um, of all incoming phone calls were scams. Yeah. In 2018, that percentage rose to almost 30%, and it's projected for 2019. Let's mm. warn all of your listeners, it's going to be 45%. Almost one in every other phone call they're going to get is going to be a scam. Right. Now, that's, that's absolutely dangerous, and that's why uh, we're on a mission to alert as many people as right. we can. Right. Right. And the phishing, you know, people getting emails and, and just, I just um, got a call about asking me to be a, an expert witness on a case in which, mm -hmm. and, and you've probably heard about this too, that, um, you know, you're doing business with someone and then they say, you get an email and they say, oh, send the money to this account instead of the other account. And it looks like it's coming from that person, and it's not. And we've seen that with people who sell their home. You know, um, the escrow agency gets a, an email to change things to a different bank, you know, send the money to it, wire it to a different bank. And, of course, that bank is not not the not the uh, buyer so uh i'm not the seller so yeah we've seen this all over the place you have to be have your radar up but let's mm -hmm. talk about the financial services industry okay so you were talking about with uh, with uh, bernie madoff that they were alerted and they did nothing what is the financial industry doing now after the bernie madoff incident they've actually done a very credible job uh, as a matter of fact, um, uh, I would say that uh, FINRA, the Financial Industry Regulatory Agency, the SEC, Securities and Exchange, New York Stock Exchange, uh, the respective states all have um, their attorneys general in a step, lockstep, making certain that they can minimize. Unfortunately, uh, the only power they have is after the fact. Yeah. Once, once a crime has been committed, well, there are very severe and significant penalties as well as jail time that's associated with these crimes, but not so much before the act takes place. Uh, so that's why it is incumbent upon each and every one of us to uh, have our radar up and make certain that if it does sound too good to be true, if these returns uh, are not validated, if um, statements can be manufactured, uh, that happens with some frequency. Um, we've got to be very, very careful. It's not enough to go on the referral of a friend right. or a family member. Right. That's not good enough because that person may very well have been duped to a very charming man or woman yep. and who sounds great and looks great and has a very nice office. No, you got to go a little further than that. You've got to dig deep. This is this is important stuff. And and let me qualify this. It is about seven percent each year. Seven percent of all financial advisors out there each year who have some type of indictment or an allegation placed against them. So it's a relatively small percentage because honestly, most of the advisors, those folks I affiliate with, they're they're just good people. They're ethical people, but, right? Right. Yes. Yes. But if, if, if you're in the company of one of these bad guys, um, it, it can be devastating. Yes. 
So yes. we got we to make sure, sure we know who they are. Well, I, I just want to, if you've just started listening in, I want you to know that we're speaking with William Francavilla, who is the author of The Madoffs Among Us, Combat the Scammers, Con Artists, and Thieves Who Are Plotting to Steal Your Money. So in your book here, you, you give five questions that potential clients should ask their present or their prospective advisor. Can you kind of go over those questions now? I'd be happy to. And, and this is where the rubber meets the road, where when you're in the presence of this person. And first of all, you can go, we're going to go back to the internet, and you can go to brokercheck.com, broker, B-R-O-K-E-R-C-H-E-C-K.com. Put in the name of the advisor in question. It might be yours or it might be someone you're considering doing business with. And they're going to give you as much information as you want, how many firms the person has been with, if there are any improprieties that are alleged against that person. That's a good starting point. Right. And even if there's one minor situation, we want to ask that advisor about it. Um, it, it could be it, it simply a, a, a very mild, maybe the person forgot to write a letter and was, was uh, uh, a complaint was lodged against them. I mean, they're very, very sensitive for making certain full disclosures made about an advisor. Right. But then when I'm in that person's presence, I'm going to say, hey, Bill, tell me about your experience in the financial services business. Mm-hmm. And Mari, these are more five conversations than they are questions. Right. I want to know how many firms that person has been with. Uh, I want to know how long they've been in the business. Right. You know, I might even ask them, um, do you have any... Uh, uh, marks on your U4. U4 is the, uh, uh, the, the the form that broker check would reference. Um, and that'll so show up, thing. wait, that'll show up on that broker.com, right? Broker that, check. Brokercheck.com. Yeah. yeah. Okay, go ahead. That's right. That's right. Uh, secondly, I want to know if that person has any industry credentials. Like, are you a certified financial planner? Are you a chartered financial consultant? Uh, tell me about your continuing education. And, you know, those accreditations and certifications are important because that person has been exposed to more information and a deeper uh, level of information on a variety of topics. But also it it demonstrates to me that that person's serious about the business and is a long-term player. Because these, when when I finished my uh, CFP back some uh, 19 years ago, it was an arduous process. I did not like it, but I got through. I got through. Right. I want to know if, it's a, if that person is a serious player. Right. And, and then I want to make sure, number three, that their approach is consistent with my needs. Um, do, you, do you buy and sell securities? Uh, do you have a holistic approach? Are you going to talk to me about my estate planning? Are you going to talk to me about insurance and risk management, tax minimization, and educating my kids and grandkids? If this person is holistic and comprehensive, for uh, Mari, for my personal needs, I want to talk to him further because I think that that's where I might be able to get the uh, um, most benefit. And, and I'll, uh, with number three, I want to find out how often we'll be speaking. Are we going right. to talk every quarter or once a year? Do you have an investment policy statement? Are you going to map out on paper? Are you going to sign a contract with me telling me how often we're going to speak? This is what's going to be covered 
oh, by the way, this is what I'm responsible for as a client. It's right there on paper. We can always point to that investment policy statement. And finally, are you going to put together a written financial plan? Am I going to know where I stand, and are you going to keep it up to speed? Right, right. Uh, th- that's my idea of a comprehensive financial planner. And what about – yeah, I was going to say one of the questions that, that I, I think is okay. important too is, is someone going to be on their commission or are they going to be fee-based? And can you explain that? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and that's uh, uh, critical because – the industry has moved to an asset management fee. When I first started in the business, it was almost 100% commission. Is there anything wrong with commission? No, there isn't. If it's full transparency and disclosure, I know exactly what I'm paying. Um, I can decide if I want to do business and if it's worth it. Um, but the industry, to smooth out its revenue streams, years ago started moving from commission to asset base. Now, asset base uh, is very easy to understand. If you have a million dollars in investments with a company and they charge 1%, that means your account is going to be charged $10,000 per year. Now, part and parcel of that fee, all there, there are no commissions. So any movements within the account, buying, selling, uh, redemption of a mutual fund, purchase of another mutual fund, there are literally no commissions going on. So that could be very advantageous to a lot of people. But if I'm going to pay someone $10,000 for a million bucks, boy, I I, I want more than just moving around uh, my portfolio. I I do want a comprehensive plan because um, it's not inexpensive. I want want to hear about it. So there's commission-based. And if a person has an account, and there's not a whole lot of activity in that portfolio, there's not a lot of buying and selling going on, commission just might be the most fair way to approach uh, your your account. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if you need more, well, the asset fee is, is going to make more sense. Because if the person uh, who's managing the money is able to uh, 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 grow that portfolio from $1 million to $1.5 their fee is going to grow too, 1%, so it'll be $15,000. I don't care. Someone just put a half a million bucks in my account. They're doing their job. Right. It's working out pretty well. Right. And there's a third way. This is for the more confident investor, someone who's conversant, understands markets, can control his or her emotions. That's a big one. I always go back to emotions. Right. The the market's been rather... um, Volatile. volatile in the yes. past uh, several months, that's for sure. Right, right. And a lot of people can't handle it and they make bad decisions. But for the more confident, you you simply get a financial plan. You can do it yourself or you can hire someone and they'll charge you a flat fee. It might be 2500 or depending on the sophistication of the account, it could be 25000 One-time fee and that person says, you go to Vanguard, you go to Fidelity, you buy this type of fund, you see this type of insurance person, you, I want you to visit with this estate planning attorney, and kind of maps it out. So that person is then on his or her own going forward. But very important question. Yeah. How do you charge? How do you charge? Yeah, yeah. So um, we we're, we're just have a another minute left, so I don't want to put you off too much, but um, do you have any really 
can you just give us a couple qualities that you're going to look for in an advisor? Well, I, I want someone who has some solid experience, has been doing this for a little while, um, is very transparent, is absolutely an open book, will tell you what you need to know, uh, will spend as much time with you as possible. He's not trying to sell you anything. He's tr he or she is trying to solve a problem. They're literally on the same side of the table, understanding what your needs are. I want an advisor to ask me about my family, about my grandkids, about um, uh, my, my daughter. I, I want that person to know the current status of her marriage. I, I, I want her that advisor to know uh, where Sarah Jane works and uh, how are they doing financially. I want them to dig deep, to uh, 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 root out any potential problems that could waylay my own personal financial plans. And that's a perfect that's way to end. Thing. Yeah, that's a perfect way to end because we are just out of time. Gosh, I could just talk to you for hours. It's wonderful. So I want, My um, yeah. So again, we've been speaking with uh, Bill here, who is the author of The Madoffs Among Us, Combat the Scammers, Con Artists, Thieves, Who Are Plotting to Steal Your Money. Just give your website and it's time to go. Great. Thank you. Well, thank you. It's been a delight speaking with you. Uh, website is BillFrancavella.com or just do a, a, a Google search on Madoffs Among Us and it'll bring you right there. Thank Wonder. you so much, Maureen. Thank you so much, too. You take care and we'll keep in touch, okay? Thank It'll be you. my pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Nervine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8 a.m. and visit our website at privacypiracy.org. Thanks. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.